G'day and welcome to another edition of the Two Dogs Podcast. My name's Kevin Hillier, and the two dogs we've got for you today are absolute rippers. The pillars of our defence for so many years, both started at the club around about the same time, played a lot of football together, and finished their careers pretty close to each other too. So let's get to them. Number 35, Stephen Critiok, 170 games and 11 goals, and uh, what an absolute trooper he was. And uh, next to him in defence, wearing number 16, Matthew Croft, 186 games and 72 goals. Let's catch up with Crusher and Crofty and relive some of their glory days at the kennel. Uh, let's start with you, Crush. You started as in the under-19s. You you started there, what, when you were, what, 17 or 18? Yeah, no, I was 17. And um, I think there was about five of us in Auburn guys that got passed down to pre-season and did pre-season. And um, I, I got picked in the squad, but I didn't make the first game and went back to Snorbins and and I might only played one game and then went back to under 19s and played played the rest of the year there and yeah, I enjoyed it. We had Nobby Clark as our coach and he was a, he was a great coach and mentor for me and, and it was good because I had like, five of my really close friends from St Albans down there as well so I actually really enjoyed it you know, for the two years I was under 19s. So that was that was 1989 when you went there. 1989, Crofty, was when you were drafted but you didn't come down, did you? No, no, I got drafted uh, number one for the Bulldogs, yep. and uh, I was sort of focused on education as well. So it was sort of more of a dumb thing because you were younger when you got drafted then as well. I was probably sixteen, oh, so God. decided to um, to stay in Mildura and do year twelve, do my BCE before coming down. So I uh, came down the following year, which was ninety one. So drafted in eighty nine. Played another year up with Mildura Imperials, won a premiership, and then come down at ninety-one. Well, ninety-one, you both would have spent. Uh, you both spent most of the year in the in the resies, or all, nearly all of the year in the resies. Yeah, ninety-one was my first year. I ended up in a ninety. I reckon I, I got promoted from nineteens and played maybe the finals in the reserves. Yep. Then next year was my first year up at senior level, and yeah, played twelve months or probably maybe just over twelve months in the reserves, which was obviously a good learning experience. Yep. And 91 for you, Crofty, you played reserves and then you made your senior debut towards the end of the season, didn't you? Yeah, so I started in under 19s. I actually, um, early in 91, I come down and draft with a senior squad most of summer. And I remember that, well, I think they were doing the cricket pitch or something at Wicken Oval. So we were training absolutely everywhere. Yeah, I think it was the week of the the club photo, the team photo that went out on all the posters. I got dropped back to, to Noddy Clark's under 19s. So I missed out <laughs> on the first year. <laughs> it's a bit disappointing. But yeah, so I played a couple of games with uh, Rowan Smith, the under 19s. And play with Crusher and me uh, in the twos, and then played five senior games at the end of the year. So played all three greats in '91. Jeez, that's a big unit. So round 19, 1991, Western Oval against Fitzroy. You both made your debuts against Fitzroy, but in different years. What's your memories of wearing number 37 and running out for the first time in the big stuff, Crofty? Um, it was freezing cold. That was the, <laughs> that was the, probably the last thing. One of the memories I know because my, um, my family come down from up Mildura and uh, whilst it gets a bit cold up there during the day, um, they had dry the bones on in the stand. So it was freezing cold yeah. and and just come off on and off the bench. I remember that. Yeah, it was yeah, it was it was amazing having that first game and then coming off and then the beers were open in the rooms, you know, change rooms afterwards in the after match. That was uh, that was pretty amazing. Uh, amazing. Yeah, and then you waited. I think it was round one, nineteen ninety-two. Uh, oh, sorry, round twelve, nineteen ninety-two, when you made your debut, also against Fitzroy, but out of Princess Park. Yeah, it was a remarkable day. I think I had one one handball. Um, you did. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I reckon I played maybe 15 minutes. I think it wasn't much. I remember Paul Roos cleaned me up and and um, got this massive sort of bruise in my hip. And this is my first game, and I ended up having an injection in my hip in my first game of AFL footy to try and get me back on the on the park. And I ended up missing um, I ended up missing a week and played the weekend week after against Geelong. And I reckon oh, I can't remember, but I reckon my first kick was a goal. So. My first, I was playing on the wing then, so my first kick in my second game was a goal. <laughs> the funny thing is you both finished up in defence, but neither of you were really started as defenders at the club or came to the club as defenders, did you? I mean, you certainly didn't. Well, Croft, did you, Crofty? Well, Crofty was, Crofty was a winger. Yeah. Yeah. No, so I come down as a six foot three winger and then get a par forward. Actually, my second game was against Hawthorne, that one after Fitzroy Crush, and my first kick on the left was a goal as well, playing on Darren Pritchard out at, um, out at Waverley. So, yeah, but no, I come down as a par forward winger. I think sort of injuries sort of got in the way of that a little bit for me and then and then uh, was swung down back uh, one day at Waverley and then, yeah, and that, and that was actually against Plugger. And uh, well, Crush and I often talk about this, don't play well on really good forwards because you, you get to play on them for the rest of your career. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what you both finished up doing. Crush, didn't you get sent to Ablett in your second game or third game, one of your really early games? Yeah, it was, yeah, at Cardinia Park. Yeah, I remember all the, um, all the Snorbins boys were behind the goals. They were just shouting, yeah, just touch him, touch him. <laughs> and when I touched him, all, you know, cheered, obviously, he was the greatest player probably ever. And, uh, yeah, just obviously to be playing on him was a, was a pretty big drill. We, we had great support, you know, whether it was playing under-19s, uh, reserves of seniors, you know, the, the, the guys from St. Albans always come down and support, so it was always good to see him in the crowd. What do you, you mentioned? You mentioned Ablett, you mentioned Lockett, Crofty. You, you played on all those monsters, Carey, Dunstall, Lockett, uh, Ablett. I mean, it was it was a, an era of, uh, of tremendous forwards. So you go first, Crofty. Who, but rate them one to three. Who, who are your top three hardest ones to play on? Oh, yeah, that's really hard because there's many more than three that deserve it. But um, yeah. oh, one of the ones I think was Ablett. Like, I only got him a couple of times because Crusher, when Crusher was fit, he always got him. And pound for pound, he, he was he was really, really good on Ablett. He was too agile, too quick for me. So, look, in terms of I only played on him a little bit, but I'd probably have to rate him number one. Oh, geez, it's hard then. But, you know, there is a whole list of players, as you said, like Dunstall, Plugger, Stephen Kernahan had a uh, oh, the, yeah, of the thrill of playing on him at MCG for, uh, I think he kicked 10 or 12 against this crush in one day and went through about four defenders and I was about to Yeah, I think it was a few more. <laughs> <laughs> but even, you know, Alistair Lynch for many years. Oh, I think probably Ablett. Oh, geez, Ablett or Plugger, you share it there. Dunstall, Carey, of course, playing at centre-half forward, which was another another dynamic that you had to, to work with because not only could he go he could lead up the ball, but he could get you on the split coming back. And, of course, he didn't have too many other teammates in his same space playing Pagan's Paddock. So you're a bit one out on him, which made it really hard. But, yeah, that's that's probably the, the order that, I, that I'd put him in, or at least ranking him, yeah. Yep. Crush, what would you, where would you rate him? It's bloody hard, like, because I played on quite a few midfielders like Buckley and Voss and, and those sort of guys, uh, Robert Harvey, so... Listen, I'd have to say, obviously, um, Gary Ablett was the hardest, and because I was, I was giving away probably twenty kilos on Dunstall, I just, I just hadn't 
no chance of beating him in a one-on-one tussle. So in terms of mismatch here, he had me covered every day of the week. But, you know, I certainly put Robert Harvey in there. Obviously, a bit of a different sort of player, but, you know, he ran he ran a, ran a gut out of me a couple of times and pinged me hammy a couple of times trying to keep up. So, <laughs> um, yeah, he was, he, was, he was a hard one to match up against. Obviously, different different player, different position, but, yeah, he was obviously up there. Was there, was there, did you ever feel like you had a week off? Was there ever someone who came down and you thought, oh, I'm actually going to have an easy day today? Or did that never happen? Uh, well, I did a couple of times and, and I've got to dig, dig him around when he kicked four of me. So um, <laughs> I, I would have, I would have uh, preferred to play in a better place because if they kick a goal, you sort of, they're probably expecting to. <laughs> there was probably less pressure playing on the, um, the better players than I was playing on the lesser likes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah no, I'd, I'd agree with that, Crush, because that was. That was always the thing. You're on a hiding to nothing if you've got the third tier forward on the opposition side, and you know they only kick two on you, and they they sort of you know that'd be lowering colours. So that was you almost get a little bit more nervous on that one. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but is there anything you could either of you can put your finger on for those first few years of the club where you you both struggled to get games for for a myriad of reasons, with injuries and sort of whatever uh, and opportunities, because both of you really sort of broke out in 1994. But those first three or four years were pretty tough for both of you. Yeah, from my perspective, it was about sort of getting to know your body. I think when you're young and you just, you really do throw caution to the wind, you just get a little bit more mature. Now, I don't know if that was the difference of being able to settle in and, and be a little bit more confident, especially playing down back. Like Crusher said, when, you, when you're up against a, a sensational opponent, and that's the same if you're, if you're on Carey or you're on, you know, Ablett or, or, or Tony Lockett or something, you absolutely on the edge of your ability just to try and stay with them. So that was where you're always putting body under extreme pressure and soft tissue, soft tissue injuries would be, you know, the first thing to break. Now, it didn't change. You were still on that edge the whole time because you got a bit more mature in your approach and probably your, your physicality and do the right things around it and probably a bit of luck as well. Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't sort of put it down to much more than that. I don't know you, Crush. I was a bit different than probably Crofty because Crofty was a pretty good junior and played in a lot of rep sides and, you know, played with one of my, probably my best mate, Fitzy, and I never had any aspirations at all to play AFL, right? And it was probably good for me because I had no pressure on performance. It was just me going out and playing footy and, you know, whether it was under-19s making the under-19s, I didn't expect to make the under-19s, I didn't expect to play the 19s, I didn't expect to play reserves or even obviously AFL and it just happened and it was just a progressive thing where my mindset was all about obviously just doing the best I can but it was also about work and I was I was an apprentice carpenter when I was when I was playing AFL and you know 92, 93 and I was getting up at 5 o'clock 4 o'clock getting to work and working Saturday mornings before games and and you know I'd get to games and I remember one game I was, I was working on site in the morning and I was doing some work on the form work and I was bending down and that's the day I ended up you know, ripping me hamstring the first time and, you know, I just couldn't do it. Like, it was, it was, it was hard for the first couple of years for me, like, working in the morning, Saturday morning, being going to play AFL. Um, it wasn't the best thing for my body and probably, you know, until I started going a bit more professional, it sort of, you know, it taught me to sort of, you know, i got to look after my body a bit more and, and concentrate a bit more on conditioning. And, it, you know, as, as I said, it took me a couple of years to get it right. Yeah. Actually, actually, I'll, I'll take that back. I never got it right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 94 was a, was a massive year for you, Crush. Uh, you played uh, 24 games. I think you finished second in the BNF that year. Was that? Is that? Do you look back on that as your year, or, or is that is that unfair to call that your year? It was arguably my best year. Um, obviously, consistency 
obviously, and you know, I played midfield and back and everywhere that year. But I, I look back now and I remember that pre-season prior to the '94 season, and I was a really good long-distance runner. Like I could run 10k backwards and and do it at a four-minute pace. In terms of my sprints, I was really slow and really poor in that. And I remember that pre-season we. There was about eight of us or ten of us. All we done was sprints with, with a sprint coach all pre-season. And so I didn't, didn't do anything over 400 metres. And my body was primed. Like, oh, that's the best I've ever felt. And played a whole year without any injuries, soft tissue injuries. And I put it down to that. That was it. The next year, went back to long distance. And, and it just used to, it wasn't good for my body. And, okay. you know, I was, yeah, we spoke to the conditioning staff. And that's, you know, I thought that that's what worked for me. Like, unfortunately, back in those days, you had to do what everyone else done. And, you know, that, that pre-season leading into 2000 or 1994, uh, yeah, set me up and, yeah, I think I come second in the best affairs to yep. Granny and uh, obviously it was, it was probably one of my best years. What, what do you remember as your best year? Matty, was it 98? Was that, uh, I mean, you played all, I think you played 24 games that year. Yeah, probably was, Kev. I think 95, 96, pretty quiet. 96 was a very quiet year for me and that was, I remember it was the, the year of the dog um, documentary. Yes. and um <laughs> I thought the one chance for me to get on, I was doing some water running at Wesley College, but they cut that even as well. So <laughs> I didn't do too much in 96, and the club was in not real good spot. But oh, yeah. I think 97, 98 was where I really felt comfortable in my own body and able to play consistent footy. So I think, yeah, probably 97, 98. Um, and the team was going so well, so that was, that was some pretty good pretty good times to remember and that and just yeah just week in week out getting the number one forward typically unless they're a bit smaller and then crush would get them (laughs) (laughs) but that's yeah it was probably that probably those couple of years I think uh, interesting uh, observation from other players that I've spoken to. Uh, the, the 98 hurts them more than 97, where from a supporter's point of view, I think maybe because it, it was the first one in a long time, 97 seems to be the one that hurts the supporters. Which one hurt you more, Crush, 97 or 98? Oh, 98, I think Adelaide were the best side, in my eyes. Like 97, during COVID, Kev, that was the first time because I only worked for a few months. Uh, the gym was closed. So yeah. it's the first time since, obviously, the game. I, I, I ended up watching the game, oh, 97 right. final. Yeah, during COVID last year. And I could not believe that we lost that game. Like, the opportunities and the missed opportunities we had, I, I still look back and I think, how the hell did we lose that game? Like, everything went wrong. Like, just watching the game, it was meant to be. Like, it just everything was panned out for Adelaide that game. And, you know, I certainly thought we had a, had the wood over at St. Kilda too. So, um, that obviously dug deep with me. And But I honestly thought Adelaide was the best side of the year after. Yeah. Crofty, what's your memories of those two yeah. years? Oh, look, both of them weren't too good. Those last two games, those preliminary finals, and I've never seen a crush. I've never... I haven't seen either of them. Oh, really? I've seen shorts of them, and I uh, I out of the road. But I think, for me, they were both very disappointing. I think all the rhetoric or all the around where you've got to lose one to win one type thing. So I thought we were a better side, not than Adelaide, but I think we were a better team, probably a bit more well-equipped in that second year. But it turned out that we weren't. So to be so disappointingly beaten when I think there was a lot of expectation that we would go that next step. Yeah, look, they're both very disappointing, but I'd probably probably lean a little bit more towards the '98 one because I think when uh, when time came to hang them up at the end of the end of your career, how did how did you feel that was handled for you, Crush? Oh, I was quite happy. 
I, I ended up pulling it myself. I just knew I had that, that was it for me. And you know, there's Brian Lake or Brian Harrison that that stage. He was, he was coming through, and at the end of the day, I didn't want to just hang around and and just take someone's spot. You know, I, I finished. I think I finished in the top ten, still in the best of fairest my last year. But I don't know. I just felt it was a good time to go. You know, going out of my terms and mentally, I think you know, I still loved playing, but you know, I was really frustrated with my body. Every time I got injured, I felt like I was letting the team down and letting the, letting the coaches down, and I just got sick of it. You know, to be honest, Danny Sutton always said it's like going out on a um, as a gladiator in the arena. You know, just love going out there and you know getting against you know your opposition and having a crack. And and every time I didn't play, I just got more and more frustrated in in my in my lack of uh, ability to get on the ground, and you know, I just took a toll at the end mentally, not physically, but mentally, I just had enough. Yeah. Crofty, you got a, a celebrated farewell game, you and Simon Garlic, that uh, that game against North Melbourne. What's your memories of that? Lots of fond memories of that, I think. Yeah, and sort of going back to so crushed knowing years, I reckon I found out or sort of learnt or understood that it was my last year, probably about <laughs> three or four months too late. <laughs> I was into that year, yep. in that final year. I had knee surgery the, the summer before, so oh, I was very keen. I'd always sort of planned to have that. Uh, that extra year, yeah, in 2004, all of a sudden it, it becomes a very hard year going down and playing playing at Werribee whilst you actually do enjoy it down there, that sort of back to that sort of club, real, real sort of grassroots club atmosphere. So I really did enjoy that, but very hard not being able to support your teammates and, your, you know, some of your best mates you've played with for years and years in that last year. So... I think that's, you know, I had the option to, you know, to pull up stumps at round three or round four of that last year that I basically told that I was, wouldn't be played again. But I just said, well, I've, I've made a commitment to this year. I want to hang that year, I want to stick that year out. And, you know, in case I need it. Yeah. So to get back to your original question, yeah, the last game, very, very, I said, just privileged and, and, and pleased that the club gave myself that opportunity and Galo as well. And Crush had come down and even talk. So that was a bit of a highlight. <laughs> Fantastic day. I had you know a couple of table of friends and family at the president's lunch, and they got really looked after there. And just playing the game, you know, I remember speaking to Todd Curley the um, the afternoon of the game, and um, he knew that I was a sort of a pretty intense character coming into a game last twenty four hours, and he just said, "Well, this game, you can just relax, Crofty, you know, and just just go out and enjoy it for probably the first time." And and no, and I was playing up forward. I could. And you know, there's something in that. I think that that really did just allow me to go and play my natural game or natural footy, even though I hadn't played a lot in uh, forward. It was sensational, and you know, just just to do it in front of the cheer squad, you know, in the I think in the third quarter, kicking you know, kicking four goals in front of the cheer squad, it was it was unbelievable, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. It really was. It's a difficult question to ask, and it's a difficult question to answer. Did you enjoy your footy career, Crush? Um, I enjoyed playing footy. Yeah, I did. I did. I love keeping fit and I love, you know, the, those challenges of playing AFL footy. And I listen, it was, it was, you know, arguably, besides the birth of my son, it was, it was probably the best time of my life. I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, everything about footy, like, you know, obviously the progressive, as, as Crocky said, you know, in the early years or finishing the game and, you know, there'd be eskies full of beer and pies and you sit in the shower and, you know, for half an hour in a chair and drink and have a laugh and, go out and don't come home for two days and, you know, obviously that <laughs> sort of progressively got more and more 
professional and just the transition that we went through was I thought was um, I really enjoyed it and I love the guys and you live in each other's pocket and you know it's, it's a really good friends and lifelong friends that you know really got got on well with around the club and you know going on footy trips you know so I love going on footy trips and it wasn't about drinking and and you know being stupid it was just about going away with mates to places that you've never been before I used yep. to love it like, it's, and it's just that footy environment and that's why I still coach now like, I love the footy environment and what it brings um, to you sort of personally with, with friendships and, and interactions with people that you know obviously you can uh, you can learn from and build from and, and form friendships with, friendships with yeah Crofty, yourself, did, did you look back at it as an enjoyable experience in your life? Yeah, look, just listening to Crusher speak then, just thinking about the question you asked, Kevin, and to hear Crusher's voice, and, and as we said at the start, I haven't sort of caught up for a little while now, but <laughs> just listening to him talk is like I was talking to him yesterday, and that's the sort of that's the sort of stuff that you get out of a yep. an elite AFL club environment. I, I loved being at that, that highest level in something, and I loved that constant challenge of trying to get the best out of yourself. And, you know, early days, coaches, you know, I know Terry Wheeler would, would always say, you know, there'd be more down times in, in your career than up times. But looking back on it, the things that Crusher mentioned, those opportunities that playing to the dogs in AFL gave you, you know, jumping out of planes and parachutes, all these sorts of things <laughs> that you would never otherwise have got. The good times, as time goes on, definitely outweigh the hard and challenging times. So, yeah. The answer is yes, and you know, given the opportunity to do it again, I would yeah. probably do a few things differently, but <laughs> no, no, overall positive, yeah. The amazing transformation that, that you saw in the club too from, you know, you both started around that 1989 period when when the fight back was on and you mentioned 96 when uh, the club was again in tatters and a, a, a new regime came through and then, uh, you know, the, the success of that 97, 98 period uh, into the early 2000s under uh, under plough and uh, you know and then the way it finished with you both uh, I think under Peter Road, God, an amazing uh, amazing journey really when you look back on that. Yep, yep, it was. You know, you couldn't have scripted any better. Like as I said before, like just a transformation from year to year as a club, and it was challenging. You know, mentally to, to you know stay involved emotionally in what was happening because it was, it was tough sometimes because you didn't know if the club was going to be around early and then you know, financially the club was in disarray and you know there's a lot of things that were, were happening in the background that, that sort of made you think you know should, should we be looking for another club or whatever but you know both the South and Crofty are one club players and testament to obviously Crofty as well that we, we stuck around and and supported the club even through the, the dark times and, and obviously look, look where they are now so yeah Crofty, you had you've had experience, so you know, in the uh, di- directorial part of the club since you since your playing day. So I mean, you've seen an even an even bigger uh, change in the club, I guess. Yeah, and, and that, that's why I was just sort of thinking as well that um, whilst we had that that long career, both Crush and I, in that period, and we did see extraordinary change. You know, the year that I was drafted, I was drafted to a club that I wasn't sure was going to exist. Yeah. I think the draft was only within a month or so of the, the tin rattling type thing. So that was an extraordinary start. Then to go through the career that Crush and I had, playing in an era of full forwards, and this is not detracting from current full forwards or full forwards before that, but it was a pretty pretty special era um, in terms of that. And then to, to go on and, and be able be asked to come back and, and sit on the board of the club 
was was an honour and it was a good period. It was about 10 years I'd been away from the club to sit through, sit on the board when the Dogs won their premiership in 2016. Yeah, obviously it was a fantastic experience for me and my family. But not only that, for me as a past player, and I won't speak for Crush, but I definitely did get that sense that even though I didn't have success in the period that Crusher and I played, I felt as though we'd done a little bit towards that that actual win in 2016. And, yeah. and, and I hope that other past players feel that as well because, you know, by our performances to a small degree, we kept the club going. So, um, yeah, I, I felt not only wrapped in that 2016 premiership being on the board at the time, but also that I was a past player and in some small way contributed to that. Yeah. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. The, the feeling that the past players group have about that 2016 flag is quite uh, quite unique, I reckon, because there's no animosity. There's no I wish it was me. It was all a real celebration of, a, of an achievement by a group of young men that, that you're invested in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I want to ask you, when, when you're sitting back there in the back line watching, uh, as you did from, you know, the early 90s right through to the, the 2000s, who was the one bloke you watched for both of you who just you would shake your head and go, I can't believe he's done that, uh, wearing red, white and blue? Crash? I think the best player I played with was Scotty Wine. And, you know, a lot of people say, you know, it was Chris Grant and Scott West and Smiths and Johnsons, but certainly Crofty and uh, Crofty's up there. And so is Danny Stubbard <laughs> and Mark West as my three favourite players. But I certainly think Scotty Wine was my, my best captain and, and the best player I played with. And, um, yeah, he, he's what he did, you know, to get the most out of his body with his bung knees and put his body on the line each week. And as a leader, he just stood up. He made me walk taller, uh, having Scotty Wine around me. And, you know, a couple of times he's back back into a couple of packs I was involved in and he'd be uh, bruised kidneys and, you know, passing blood for a couple of weeks. And, yeah, he was just remarkable. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd say, you know, obviously Granny was a, was a champion and, you know, uh, liver and, but yeah, I just, I'd like uh, Scotty Wine for everything he's done. Who was it for you, Crofty? No, well, if you let me go first, I wouldn't be able to just have to go me too because <laughs> um, <laughs> Crush has pretty well nailed it for me because as a leader and a captain and to see what he went through and what he did on and off the field and, you know, one of the reasons <laughs> his knees were no good because he was like the second ruck rover in the side. Uh, you'd, you'd see so many photos of him on his knees after he'd done a ruck contest to try and, you know, hoik the ball out to our to our runners. So uh, I'll start with him. I have to agree with Crusher. And not only that, you know, just, just the little things he came up to you and if you were doing a fitness test, uh, which Crush and I did a few of those uh, the day before the game, <laughs> he'd come up here and he'd say, how'd you go? And you'd go, yep, nah, passed. Said, right, you haven't got an injury now, then have you? So, you know, <laughs> just that sort of leadership that you cross that white line, there is no injuries. You pass the fitness test, you can put your hand up the play, that's it. But, yeah, just quickly, you know, uh, Crush mentioned a couple of them as well, but obviously Granny, very close. Um, you know, Libba played with Doug Hawkins just uh, a little bit, just to see a little bit of the tail of him. One, one mention I reckon is Axe, Simon Atkins, just, just I think for his on-field leadership. I was a young, impressionable player, always knew he'd sort of go do some coaching. Um, on-field leadership was probably even better, right? Eh? <laughs> um, and, and probably I just to mention to Leon Cameron just his 
Uh-huh. Silky smooth skills, both sides of his body. And, you know, you go on. But there, and I think the other thing is when I retired, Scotty West, when I sat back and watched him play for a couple of years, not being on the field with him, but watching him on TV and watching from the stands, yeah, it was pretty amazing what he was able to do. Yeah. When you see the number 35 running around in the red, white and blue, how does it make you feel, Crush? Oh, it's good that number 35 can actually hit a target for once. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, no, I met him a couple of years ago when he first sort of came to the club and um, did a jumper sort of presentation. And, yeah, no, he's, a, he's obviously a fantastic player and, you know, he's found his niche in the back line there, which is great and sets us up well and he's really, really important for us. And when he's up and going and, and sort of rebound the footy, we always get some sort of momentum going forward. So, yeah, no, he's, um, it's good that uh, it took a while to get a uh, – nothing not against anyone else, but it took a while to get a uh, quality 35 footballer after Darren Baxter. So <laughs> um, it, was good. it was good that, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've, we've finally got a good one. Yep. <laughs> Crofty, and you, do you enjoy, enjoy watching the team run around these days as much as, you know, you have ever? Yeah, I sort of, I sort of go fade in and out a little bit, but definitely two sixteen-year-old boys, twin boys I've got who actually turned sixteen today. So, oh, wow. number sixteen's coming up a bit, and um, yeah, they they enjoy watching the footy as well. So, um, when we get to a few games, COVID sort of interrupted us last year. We haven't got back into the pattern of it yet, but we're definitely watching it on TV. Beautiful. Hey, thank you both for your time. Really appreciate it. It's been lovely to catch up, and hope you two catch up uh, with each other face to face soon. Take care, boys. Uh, it was good to hear those two catch up and relive some great memories of their days at the Bulldogs and good to be part of it. Hope you enjoyed it too. And there's many more memories uh, to be had in previous episodes of this podcast with some of the greats of the red, white and blue, uh, like uh, Crusher and like Crofty. Uh, so just uh, check out uh, wherever you found this particular podcast. You'll find more of the Two Dogs podcast. Hope you enjoyed them. Look forward to talking to you in the next episode of the Two Dogs podcast. Don't forget to get behind the Past Players and Officials Association and the only other thing I need to say is go the doggies. But you can't beat the ball.